in and grab a seat. We're going to get rolling in just a minute, but it's good to have you today. A um, couple, couple things to lead off service before we get into our worship today. Um, first thing is this, recently, uh, probably more than normally is, um, we have our kids in with us for worship, okay? So here's what I'd like, and we're, we're going to remedy that a little bit. Here's what I would like. I'd like all kids to sit with your parents during our times of worship together, okay? So kids, if you're not with your parents, if you'd go find them for me, please. And what this does is it's very important that uh, as a family unit, you worship together. And it's a great time for parents for you to talk to your kids about what it means to worship together, amen? And it's a great teaching time, and we love our kids being with us for worship. But I think it's wonderful that as parents, we can talk with our kids and explain worship to our kids and why we do what we do. Amen? So kind of going forward, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, second thing, let me just talk a little bit about some structure. Um, just a reminder of something we, we taught when we were in the Gifts to the Spirit on Wednesday nights oh, a few months ago. Uh, if you feel you have a word from the Lord for the time that's an edification for the church, remember... Uh, uh, the gift of prophecy is about edification of the church. Amen. And if you feel you have that during our worship time, you may come down to me, okay, and say, hey, I feel I have a word. All right? At that moment, I will discern if it's the time and the place for it. Okay? But what that does is, because what happens is, um, if it is for the edification of the church, that means it needs to be heard by the church, and it should be done in such a way that those here understand it's coming from the authority of the church. You see what I'm saying? So you come to me, and I'll say, hey, okay, and, and we'll grab a mic, and I'll just simply have you stand down here with me. I'll hold the mic, and we'll give the word. And then what happens is when the word is given, it is for uh, the discernment of those here to discern in their hearts if it's from the Lord or not, if it's for you or not. Amen. So just a little structure there, because we want to be free in the spirit. But just remember, freedom in the spirit does not mean free for all. Amen. And from, from the very time of, of the Pentecostal renewal in Zuzu Street in California in the early 1900s, all the way through the charismatic renewal of the late 60s and early 70s, there is a freedom of the spirit, but there's always kind of this, this bringing back and say, okay, but there's some structure to this. There, there's a biblical precedent for it. Amen. So, having said that, it's just reminders for everybody here today. Another reminder that has nothing to do with the freedom of the spirit, but it's the freedom of the coffee, okay? Um, I had the carpet cleaned a week ago, so if you do bring coffee in here, uh, I ask that you have a lid on it and pay attention to it. And uh, like I said, when we cleaned the carpet, I moved all the chairs, and it looked like a battle zone in here. So, that would just help me. The, the, the carpet cleaning cost $370. So I'd rather not do that more than once a year. I don't mind. I understand accidents happen. But it's just, if we can just pay attention to it, that'd be great. Anyhow, if you would stand up on your feet, I'm going I'm to read and lead off today with Psalm chapter 33. And worship team, you guys can come up and, and get ready as I'm reading this. Psalm chapter 33 says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. 
play skillfully on the strings with, and with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth and all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, and he puts the deeps in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of people. The counsel of the Lord, it stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. And the Lord looks down from heaven, and he sees all the children of man. And from where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Now see, the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its might, it cannot rescue. But behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope is in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Amen. How many of you, your hope is in the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, how about this? Let, let's come together right now and let, let's worship him in unity of the spirit. Amen? Amen. And let's see what the Lord will do among us today.
down this path and he's saying that we are already walking free but the devil is on the sidelines and he's throwing things at us to see what's going to stick but even if those things stick be encouraged that he reveals them to us so that we can shed them off because we are walking free and there's nothing that can pluck us out of his hands the devil may try but the devil will never prevail our victory is in the lord keep walking keep walking with him amen amen Amen.
him a big round.
good. We're glad to have you here. If you're new, we want to get to know you. There is a card right in front. If you want to fill that out, we'd love to have some info on you and get to know you. Kids, meet me at the back door and we'll go down to Children's Church. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. have you today. I know they're, I know parents are still getting their kids down at kids' church, so give them just a second. Remember, as a church, we have some values. We live by faith, amen? Secondly, we value relationships, amen? And thirdly, we are rescuers. We were talking last Sunday, take our light to the world. And we, we believe how many all? How many all believe? I mean, I'm not talking about okay, I believe, but you believe in Jesus. Let me see. Who? Oh, come on now. Now we take the light to the world, do we not? Amen. All right. So, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prepare that. There's uh, uh, envelopes in the chair in front of you. If you don't see one, you can wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out today. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful for you all because you all are givers in everything that we do. Um, comes from your giving and your faithfulness and, and 
we believe that God is, is increasing what comes into the house, and we're always praying to be good stewards with the finances that come in. So let, let me pray over your offerings today. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to come to your house to worship you and to continue in our worship with our giving this morning. That God, you are a provider. You are the one who puts everything we need in front of us as we seek you first. And Lord, all these things will be added unto us in a way, Lord, that takes us into the coming kingdom and eternity with you. But your provision is there for us. And I, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. Even, even at times that, that, that we find ourselves kind of up and down and sometimes to the left and the right, and, and you are faithful. And Lord, that we learn how to be faithful as you are to us, Lord. And, and we thank you for your faithfulness. And we, we honor that in our giving today. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So if you have something to give, you can bring it down. I have a ton of announcements, so please bear with me for just a moment before we get into the Word. This coming Wednesday is the fourth Wednesday, and the fourth Wednesday is always our youth hangout night. So fifth through twelfth grade, youth hangout. If you got questions, see Josh. And along with that, next Sunday, we have a youth roller skating event. So Josh has all the details. Again, that's for fifth through twelfth grade. It's uh, all Only Believe uh, campuses. Uh, they rented out the Piqua uh, skating rink, so that's next Sunday afternoon. So, again, Josh, wave your hand around. So, Josh, they know who you are. Okay, so see Josh on details for that, what time they're leaving here, uh, uh, the times. It only costs three bucks, I think, something like that. So, uh, see Josh about that. Next Sunday is Joy Fellowship. It's our one of our small groups that meets 55 and above. They, they get together 5 p.m. right here at the church, and they enjoy time of food, so bring, bring a carry-in for that, and uh, they spend time in the Word and all that kind of stuff. So if you have questions, see Bill and Patsy. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, April the 3rd. That's two weeks from today. That marks one year in this building. Amen. And we, we believe God blessed us. Uh, with this facility and we're still working on it we're getting there it takes time but uh we're, we're gonna just uh kind of commemorate that so two weeks from today after church we're gonna do a carry-in so we want to hang out and just spend time together but it also doubles as a chili cook-off all right so well now mike's not here today i don't see mike but if anybody's planning on making chili to be in the contest Please see Mike Wednesday or next Sunday so we know how many people are doing it. And that there'll be a prize. We'll have a couple judges and, and uh, uh, however that's going to go. But anyway, see Mike about that. But, but more than that, we're just going to hang out that day and spend time together. Okay? Uh, you know, at, at the Botkins Church for years, we used to do a, a fall festival. And it was the same thing. They said, everybody make chili, right? So everybody would bring their chili. But then they always had a fire pit with this big cauldron. Looked like a witch's cauldron, you know what I'm saying? It's big, black. And they would take everybody's chili and dump it in there together. And then they had this, like, uh, a boat oar, and they'd stir it together, and then everybody would eat out of it. We're not going to do that, okay? You can pick. <laughs> That's no good. No good. So... I always thought it was funny, but I never ate it. So anyways, um, okay, uh, next thing. Christy Amico, the first Wednesday in April. Uh, we have a guest speaker with us, and it's going to be a great night of ministry. So be here for Christy Amico, and uh, I believe God will be with us and, and touch your life that night. And, and last thing is, 
this week is the third week of the month. So remember, one of the challenges of the church is that during the third week of the month, the challenge is to take one day during that week and fast, okay? And uh, of your choosing and how you fast and all that kind of stuff. That's this week, so if it's on your heart to do so, uh, please spend a day in fasting this week, all right? All right, that's all the announcements I have. So if you have your Bibles, you may get those out. Thank you, Chamberlain. And you can go to the book of Mark, chapter number 14. We're going to be talking about Mary and Jesus today. It's sort of a lead-in to our Easter series that starts next week. And, and believe it or not, next week we're four weeks from Easter already. Time is moving. And we're going to start a four-week series on Sunday morning, starting next week, next Sunday, entitled Christ the Sacrifice, in two weeks, Christ the Savior, then on Palm Sunday, Christ the King, and then Easter Sunday, Christ the Resurrected. So that's where we're heading over the next four weeks, focusing on Jesus as we're heading into Good Friday, and don't forget we have a, a Good Friday time together, and certainly Easter Sunday. So Mark chapter 14, actually, uh, if, if you're following along with our 40-day reading plan leading up to Easter, Mark chapter 14 was on Thursday, I believe. And so Mark chapter 14, you have, we're going to read today about Mary anointing Jesus. And, and it rolls right into um, Judas really cementing that he's going to betray Jesus. And then not long after that, you have Peter's denials, these three denials, and, and the rooster crow, Right? So Thursday morning, I read that in Mark 14 and 15, and literally right when I closed my Bible after reading about Peter's denials and the rooster crow, I closed my Bible, put it, put it in my desk, and I walked outside, I opened the door, and I took one step out, and immediately in the distance, I heard a rooster crow. And I went, oh. So take that for what you will, all right? I won't read too much into it. But that's where I was on Thursday, and it really kind of brought me into this passage a little bit. So Mark 14 and 15, as in the Gospels, is a lead into the crucifixion of Jesus. And in this story, we find Mary, uh, who it doesn't say in Mark here, but the parallel in John identifies her as the sister of Martha and the, and the sister of Lazarus. And you know the story that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? And it's a story about Mary anointing Jesus. Uh, and, and what's interesting is it kind of flows. You have Mary shows this incredible devotion to Jesus. Immediately after, we see a the total opposite end, we find Judas working to portray Jesus. Then it rolls into Peter denying Jesus. And you see three different things happening here over Mark 14 and 15. Incredible devotion by Mary. Absolute betrayal by Judas. And then Peter, who, who had said, I'll be with you the whole way, ends up denying Jesus three times. Maybe a challenge to us today, which one are we? And where do we find ourselves in this narrative, this story that leads into the crucifixion of Jesus? So Mark chapter 14 and verse number 1. Let's just read this. It says, it was two days before the Passover, 
and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people, because Jesus was gaining a reputation. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at a table, and a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure, pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. And there were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you, for you always have the poor with you, and, and whatever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for, for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in her memory. So they're at the house of Simon the leper, and obviously if you're called the leper, that means at some point you have leprosy. I mean, he, he got his name for a reason. And there's a good chance, it doesn't say, but there's a chance that this man may have been healed by Jesus at some point in Jesus' ministry leading into this moment. And, and the disciples are there, different people are there, they're with Jesus reclining at a table, they're having food together, and here comes Mary, with uh, a flask of ointment. Now, here's the thing about Mary, and, and let's go to Luke chapter 10. We'll jump back here. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. There's another prior story about Mary and Martha and about their attitudes towards Jesus, I think is important to point out because it plays into Mary and how she sees things. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. And now as they were on their way, went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. We're finding Mary in the Gospels has some insight, some good insight. In this time, Jesus is, is at the house of, of Martha, and she's busy taking care of people. That's a good thing, right? Taking care of your guests and waiting on them and, and taking care of needs. But there was her sister Mary. Instead of helping Martha's out, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. Not being distracted by all the things that are happening around her because something in Mary's heart caught. I need to listen to this guy. There's some important things happening right here. Would we be like Mary? that in the middle of the distractions and the busyness of life, that we will learn to sit at the feet of Jesus to hear him. 
to listen to him, to, to grow in him. That, that we hear with our ears, it gets into our brains, which is nice, but it's got to seep down into our hearts and who we are and change us. Head knowledge isn't where it's at. You know, I, I, I have a degree in, in Bible uh, study, and I had a professor that, um, it's a scary thing. So, so you, you go into class, and, and you get the textbooks before, and you're sitting there, and then you come to realize that the professor wrote the textbook for the class. How many know what I'm talking about? And you're just like, oh, no. It's not going to be good, right? So that was the case. So it was, it was a class on, on biblical hermeneutics, which is just a basic way of saying interpretation of the Bible. I came to realize this guy was super smart, but I wasn't sure he was saved. You know what I'm saying? You can know a lot about the Bible. You can know things about God, but if it's not getting right here and changing you, right, it's got, it's got to get here. And I think Mary sort of understood this, that she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And watch what Jesus says about her. But one thing is necessary, right there at the very end of what we just said. But one thing is necessary. You can be super busy in life, but the most necessary thing is that you're getting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said in that she chose the good portion. And I, th I think this leads into her attitude of what we're seeing in this story. So Jesus is, is there again. Uh, Mary's with him. And there's this alabaster jar. It, it would have been in such a way most likely it was a jar that had a long neck on it. And it, to use it, you had to break it. It was a one-time use. You break the neck and then use it for whatever. Mary broke it and poured this ointment on Jesus. And it identifies it as, as a nard. So most likely, this was a very expensive bottle of ointment perfume. Uh, some, some sort of thing where uh, there, there's a plant in India, I believe, and it's, it was extracted from the roots, pressed out. It was very expensive. Notice, notice when they criticized her for it. They could have sold this for a lot of money. Other parallels in the gospel said for a year's wages. Can you imagine owning something that everything you make in the entire year, that's what it was worth? You know what I mean? It's expensive. So chances are it was a gift to her or, or a family heirloom. But in this moment, there's something that moves her, and she, she breaks this and, and pours it on Jesus, it is an act of incredible devotion to him. Incredible devotion. That she would take something worth so much and use it all for him. I think when Mary started listening to him at his feet, and, and certainly then Jesus raised her brother from the dead. I mean, she, she saw the miracles, she heard the teaching, but again, it got past here and started to get in here. And she did something of incredible devotion, take something worth a year's salary and poured it upon him. But then those there started to chide her for it. Now, I think in Matthew, it doesn't say so here, but the parallel of this in Matthew says disciples. The disciples started to chide her for it. The parallel in John specifically says Judas started to chide her for it. 
you know, I, I think that I think there's a lot of people out there, and I don't say this critically, but maybe it's a challenge to you today. There's a lot of people out there who say they are way into Jesus, but maybe not as much as they say they are. That our level of devotion doesn't quite line up with Mary, who is willing to do such an act of worship, such an act of devotion, that, that she, in essence, poured out herself to him. Now, Jesus makes comment here, and, and as, as you see in the Gospels, he's constantly pointing towards his coming death. And those with him aren't catching it. They're missing it. And he even makes notice of it here. He says that she, she anointed me for my burial. This was Jewish custom. That in the embalming process, they would anoint them with fragrance and oils as part of that process. It was kind of, kind of a, a, a foreshadow of what was about to happen to Jesus. But the amazing thing about Jesus is, you know, he is the Christ, right? That word Christ literally means anointed one. Actually, if you want to really break it down, it means the anointed one and his anointing. Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one. Jesus was already anointed before this happened. What was the anointed to do? Preach the good news. Bound up the poor in him right? Set people free from, from the prison and the shackles they're bound by. He's anointed to do so. So whether or not Mary had done this, Jesus was already the anointed one. But what happens is when that kind of understanding of Jesus gets past here and starts to get to here, we return with a devotion to him that affirms who he is. And in our blessing of him, of worship. See, an expression of wholehearted devotion. We're challenged by Mary in this. So next week when we talk about Jesus the sacrifice, and then the week after Jesus uh, uh, the king, and, and Jesus later at Easter, the resurrected. Again, it's not that we would say, well, I believe Jesus was the sacrifice, and I believe that Jesus is king, and I believe he's right. Okay, yes, you must believe. Muster side, size faith of believing. But don't just leave it there. That it gets in you in such a way that there is devotion and return to him because of who he is. Has anybody ever asked you, why are you so serious about religion? Why are you so serious about Jesus? Why are you so serious about living a Christian life? What's the big deal? Why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And why don't you go to this place? Why, why? What's the big deal? Can't you just believe? Do you really have to change and ascribe such a devotion as an outpouring of your heart, in essence, the entirety of your being? Isn't that really a big a deal? Well, those are the kind of questions you have to answer. Why would you really be that serious about Jesus? 
Well, why, why would you be so serious about him that your entire life is changing? You're rethinking your entire life based on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why be so serious about it? Why can't I just believe, check off my religion box, and then keep living how I want, my own wisdom and my own ways? Not, not really, really digging in and finding out what this has to say about the Christian life. It's not about works anyway, so what's the big deal? Right? Or is there something about Jesus grabbing hold of you that you're not just satisfied with knowing some things and being able to answer some Bible trivia? But there's a change about you that starts in a devotion to him because of who he is, that he is Jesus, the anointed one. I love, I love what Jesus says about her in this, and, and they're, they're chiding her for doing it. And, and by the way, right after this, I mean, if you go to, let's go back to Mark chapter 14, and verse number 9. We're, we're going to reread what we read at the end of our first reading together. Mark chapter 14, verse 9. And, and truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. You see the immediate contrast to incredible devotion to a betrayer. See, what, what Mary has done, as long as the gospel is being preached, and there's another foreshadowing, the gospel going to the world. As, as long as the gospel is being preached like today, the story of Mary will be told, but so will the story of Judas. His story is also still being told. And we find this contrast here, devotion and betrayal. I love what Jesus says about her. No, notice what he says. Let's go back to uh, verse number six. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a what kind of thing to him? A beautiful thing. There, there is a way of, of understanding that our worship and our devotion is absolutely something wonderful. It's something beautiful as we are open, giving ourselves to our creator. There's something wonderful about that. When you have an expression from your heart, expression of who you are in worship and devotion, there's something wonderful and beautiful in that. Amen. And then, then Jesus goes on to say, let's keep reading here. About the poor, to always have them with you. You can do good to them, but you not always have Jesus. Verse 8, she has done what she could. You know, you know that's all it is. I don't think we, we need to make this any more complicated than it needs to be. 
She did everything that she could. She took probably the most expensive thing she had and gave it in devotion, a, a window into her heart to Jesus and anointed him with it. All you have to do is use what you have. And what do you have? Right here. Right here. That there is an expression of worship that is so wonderful and beautiful, not because you know all the right things to say, not because you have a beautiful singing voice, thank God, not, not because you're eloquent in your prayers, not because you've mastered all Bible theology, not any of those things, not, not because you're perfect either. But what do you have? You have everything right here to give in devotion to him. And who is Mary, by the way? We, she's just a lady that's no more different. She's special, but no more special than any of us here. Made in the image of God, but no more made in the image of God than us here. Fearfully and wonderfully made, but no more fearfully and wonderfully made than us here. And no more better opportunity or more open way to show and express her devotion. In other words, we're just like her. And her act of devotion, like Jesus said, is still being told today that even though those right away when she's doing it were like, what in the world? This isn't right. This is too extravagant. This isn't whatever they were saying. That does not matter. Why are you so serious about Jesus? Why do you care so much about religion? Why, why do you go to church all the time? Why, why, why? But you, I'm giving my, my best in devotion to him. And ultimately, to those that question, it becomes a witness that will always be told. That there is a reason. You may not even be able to articulate it entirely, but there is a reason that your devotion is of the best that you can give. Amen. See, how often do we simply want things from him? How often do we focus on what we actually need for him to do for us? He's got to do those things. How often do we want him to anoint us? Right? Sometimes we want a kingdom without a king. We want a blessing without the one who blesses. We want a problem fixed without the one who fixes it. We want attention without giving attention. How often is our worship simply an expression of an actual intimate worship of him for who he is, because he is Jesus the Christ, not only from what you can get from him. Notice what Mary did. He hadn't been crucified yet. There, there wasn't an understanding yet of everything that was going to happen. He wasn't raised from the dead yet. 
But something in Mary's heart was catching something that she was ready to bring that kind of devotion to him before she really got a whole lot from him. Yeah, I raised Lazarus from the dead. That's big. Yeah, I was learning things from him. That's big. But something was catching her heart. She just wasn't there asking him for one more thing. She was there to express, express to him that you are somebody worthy of my full devotion and my worship, even to the point that some people ask, why are you this way about this guy named Jesus? Amen? The Bible says, I will not be ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to those who are being saved. Amen? I'll not be ashamed. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 63, verse number 4, So I will bless you. I will bless you. We always ask for blessing. I will bless you as long as I live. I will bless you. In other words, my devotion, I will bless you for as long as I live. Amen. Could we have that kind of an attitude? As we're, as we're heading into to our, our series on Easter, heading to... Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Can we be reminded today to be people of full devotion, full devotion, all-out devotion of the one who is simply Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, God in flesh, who's come to save us. Amen? So here, here's what I'd like to do to close out today. I've asked Chamberlain to come back and just lead us in a song of worship. What I'd like to, for you to do today is just simply maybe take a moment of recommitting yourself to him. Maybe just for a few minutes here, saying, Lord, you know what? I've got distracted like Martha. I haven't been sitting at your feet enough. I've been so busy asking for things. I haven't really been blessing you with my devotion. Maybe, maybe people have been getting after me about being so serious, and I kind of let that affect me a little bit. Well, I want to come, I'm, I'm going to be unashamed. Okay? And whatever it means for you, however it is, that just for a few moments here, you give your best. And maybe it's just a continuation of the pattern of your life. Wonderful. Maybe it's time that you come back and recenter a little bit and get back into the worship of Jesus. Simply for who he is. Amen? So if you would... Let's just have a, a few moments with him before we head home today. If you would stand up on your feet. Oh, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Praise Jesus.
can replace you. Lord, nothing is higher than you, nothing more powerful than you, nothing holds authority over you, but you, our God, are worthy of all of our praise. Lord, that we would commit ourselves today to follow you, clearing out the clutter of our life, to move things out of the way, to come in repentance. It's simply every morning when we wake up, break that, break that flask of oil to pour it out in worship to you and pick up our cross and simply daily to follow you, to allow our lives to be changed by you. Each and every day as we follow you, For you are glorious, you are wonderful, you are beautiful, you are our creator. You're the giver of life, you're the author of our faith. And we worship you today. And we don't take for granted ever your grace. We don't take for granted your mercy. We don't take for granted your sacrifice of dying on that cross for us. We don't take for granted your patience with us. That we live in full awareness of the life that you have afforded us. Holy Spirit, help us live in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. for just for a moment. I think, I think the Lord is, is, is calling after some of you different ways. But His Spirit is, is calling out after some of you. Some, some of you to return to Him in fullness. Some of you He's calling out to you for, to give some wisdom, some direction. Some of you, he's just he's calling out to you just to remind you once again that he is faithful. He, he's never, he, he's not, never will leave you. He will never forsake you. He's calling out to some of you this morning and lets you know that you are forgiven. There is no condemnation in him. He's calling out to some of you this morning to remind you that his strength is sufficient for you, even in your weakness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's calling out to some of you to, to respond to, to him with devotion. 
certain things you haven't given over to him. He's asking for them. Lord, I pray that, that we, we hear your voice this morning in a very clear way. And we don't deny it. We don't push it to the side in this moment. We don't leave this place and later think, ah, oh, it was nothing. It's just my emotions. But Holy Spirit, be clear with us. Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. How many of you this morning have a prayer need? Let me see. You have a prayer need, raise your hand up. Come quickly down here. I'd like to pray with you. Come on down. I'm going to pray with you. Chamberlain's going to sing through this song one more time. You'll just be patient with us right here, okay? And just worship for another moment, then, then we'll dismiss right after this, okay? Go, go ahead, Chamberlain. Thank you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me in all my days. I've been held in your Running out, it's running out. 
Somebody on the way out, and we'll see you uh, next time.